Today on The Breakdown, Tom Dwan is back and front because he's playing $1,000, $2,000 cash poker. And it's the kind of poker where you don't cry at the end, you sigh at the end. <laughs> or you die at the end. But there's no crying. It's only sighing or dying. So he's playing a hand against another dude. And yeah, they're playing for so much money, it's sort of hard to imagine. When are the blinds ever 1,000, 2,000 in your life? Or anyone's life? Well, it's Tom Dwan's life, and it's real, and it's happening, and it's happening now, and it's real right now on The Breakdown. Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey. Are you like the the lead-up guy for Tony Robbins? Uh, is that what he's like? <laughs> I don't know. I just felt, or for, for some motivational speaker, like, yeah. it's happening right now, guys. It's going to happen. It's coming. It's coming. We're going to have it. I feel like that's for, like, the warm-up person for, like, the Ellen show or something like yeah, that, too. You sure. Know, that's, that's a thing. It's not so far off from a motivational speaker. It's Okay. Sure. Sure. Okay. I don't know. Is that re- reasonable to say? I mean, you get the ticket for free to Ellen, I think, but it yes. costs like $2,500 to see Tony Robbins well, or something Well, only if like you want to sit in the front, I think. I think ah. it's a lot cheaper if you're... I think it's like 400... I'm making up these numbers. 400 bucks if you're not in the front, but the front is like super expensive. Yeah, and then, but then there's also like weekend courses that are a lot more and stuff, of course. And, you know, the fewer people in the room with him, the more expensive it is, I'm sure. That's Can how you do it. Please start a motivational speaking company. <laughs> like, what, what are we doing podcasting about poker? What do you think this is, though? If you're saying Ellen is basically motivational, what do you think this is, bro? Everything is motivational speaking <laughs> if you dig down deep I mean, enough. It's like Ellen. People don't have to pay to listen yeah. or to be part of it. We're talking. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right? What I'm saying is, can we do the thing where the people pay us $2,500? Oh, 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 oh. See, Ellen doesn't get paid by the people individually. No, she, no, gets, she paid gets paid collectively. Yeah. And the, she, she gets a lot. Yeah, not anymore. Oh, really? Oh, she retired. I think she was sort of forced off the air because oh. apparently she treats people badly. Yes, I've heard that. But I don't know anything. But apparently, it's very true. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, it's very true based on the sources I According read on the internet. According to the things I'm not even sure I read. Yeah. yeah. Is there like... You know, yeah, half, half red headlines. How could you ever trust any narrative that comes on the internet? Like it's it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Like I've read that stuff too, and my implicit way of going about life is to if I see it multiple times in the internet, I'll be like, you know what, that's probably true. Yeah. And that's probably fucking stupid, right? Like, it's, <sighs> yeah. I even, mean, I, even as I say this, I'm, I I know a lot of you are thinking like, but of course Ellen is a bad person, right? And I'm like, well, yeah, you're pr- probably. I don't know, but like. What do we really know about these narratives? Like, people pay hit squads on the internet to fucking make narratives. Here's the thing, here's the thing that really happened today that is just like this. So, so one of the things I do, most people, I don't think anyone who listens knows this, you know this, um, is I do um, presentations about crypto and I do consulting about cryptocurrency. So, um, so, like, as I work on my presentation, I'm always trying to gather facts and like cool stories and stuff like that to make it more fun and interesting. Uh, so, something that uh, I've been talking about with, not, not with um, like groups yet, but like as I've been building together a particular opening, um, was about sort of having sovereignty of money, which crypto lets you do, right? You're sort of in control of your own money. You don't need a bank in theory, right? And, um, and I was talking about how one of the problems with banks is that governments can freeze your, uh, can freeze your bank account. And that's not great because sometimes you don't agree with the government. Sometimes the government doesn't agree with you and governments change. This is not about that. This is about me then saying on a podcast... This is, it's, it's not a one that goes out to a lot of people, but I, I was sure this was right, and it, not so sure it is anymore, that um, the Canadian government froze money 
froze the bank accounts of people who donated to the truckers who were protesting back in the day, like a year ago. Yeah, I think it was less than a year ago, even. Yeah, so what, so I decided today to actually look that up and find out what the truth was to make sure I was right. But I thought I'd seen that in multiple places and heard that multiple times. So I thought it was just like something that was just true. Turns out, um, the truth is, the Canadian government froze the, the protesters themselves' bank account, which you could have a whole problem with, but not people who donated to them. So you just made that part well, up? Well, no, I did not make it up. Actually, a member of the Canadian parliament claimed that it was true and said they had a person who, had ha- who one of their constituents had happened to um, but then apparently there was no proof beyond that. As I, and I only Googled this so far, but like it, I expected to find lots of articles on this, and it turns out it was really hard to find anything on it. So this goes back to that same thing of like, it was on Twitter, and people were sort of talking about it, probably because this one politician said yeah. something. And, it and became, I thought it was probably true, because people talked about it like it was true. And you were involved in an echo chamber of a lot yes. of crypto people who yep. want it to be true, yes, because right. it's a really good use case for crypto. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so th- this is like where I find myself having to like, stop and make sure the things I think I know are things I actually know. And I think, like you're saying, in general on the internet, you should probably actually, when people say do your own research, research, mostly I think that's a way to tell people to fuck off, honestly. Yeah. Like it's not real. People don't really mean it. Um, but I think there is value on the things at least we think we know. You should be able to find that stuff out really easily and find really good sourcing of that stuff on the internet. Like multiple news sources saying the same thing and de- a, v- a variety of types of news sources even saying the same thing. Okay, that's probably true. You know? Yeah, and implicit within that is... is Something that I've realized as we're having this discussion that the the information that's pushed in front of you is different than information that you seek out on yes. the internet because there's a feeling that everything is fake news, you know. And but that's a lot easier to feel when you only read the information that's pushed in front of you because that stuff's being pushed in front of you for a reason in a lot of cases because mm-hmm. of the agenda of your own echo chamber that you've chosen to to join, right? Yeah. But if you actually seek out the original source material. There can be some fake stuff there, of, of course, but you're more likely to find genuine stuff from, from genuine reporting. Yeah. Um, and I think that leads to this kind of disinformation fog where everybody thinks everything is disinformation or thinks everything is true, whereas it's somewhere in the middle and you're, you have to source it more properly as an individual. That's, and that, that's what do your own research really means. Um, at least in this case. Yeah. 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 It's what um, it should mean. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah, man, it's rough out there. Like, staying in the crypto room just for a second. So there's this um, prominent crypto Twitter account, which is a news organization in theory. Right, um, like Poker News is a news organization Exactly, in but it's a Bitcoin news yeah. feed. But they actually have, their, they're called Bitcoin Magazine. And they regularly tweet things that are slightly inaccurate, but always shaded towards being pro-crypto in ways right. that are problematic. So, like... They will, they will forward the headline and the, and the link to the article from, like, Bloomberg or something like that. And the article, if you look into it at all, will say, like, Fidelity considering um, adding Bitcoin to their, you know, to offering Bitcoin services to their people. And they'll make their own headline as they retweet this on top of it, say, Fidelity adding crypto services. So it goes from Fidelity's thinking about it to Fidelity's doing it. And then I watch it get propagated in the crypto Twitter world and on Reddit. I watch it happen. And yeah. it's wild, and it happens repeatedly. Yep. And so, and, then, and so, then it's easy to, as a consumer of content, especially if you've you know curated your own echo chamber, to start really believing this stuff yeah. because you see it over and over again. Yeah. So I mean, the other side of it, of course, is like so. I learned, I've learned to like click through those articles and actually read the first two paragraphs or something yeah. instead of just assume that what they're saying it says is what it says because it often isn't. Yeah. It's often not true. Yeah. Um, actually, I have a, a this is off the beaten path from even what we're talking about a little bit, but I have a former colleague from the autism world who um, 
would read the newspaper a lot and would read, you know, headlines and articles about studies that, you know, big scientific studies. Sure. And he learned, he was this type of person, but he said he learned to um, actually go read the studies themselves. He would get on Nexus Lexus, find the study, read it. And he said way more than half the time, the article was not incorrect about the study, but like the polar opposite of what the study actually found was what was being reported. Like, yeah, it's similar to lying with numbers, lying with statistics. You can lie with studies too, because you can pull out like you know about lying with statistics. You've sure. heard of this, um, famously used to uh, like stomp on American socialized healthcare uh, back in the nineties, and, and uh, like showing people in Canada like waiting in the hallway as they died of cancer and stuff. And like, it, it was this statistician who now regrets all of the work that he did on that, who was like, yeah, I was really good at lying with stats and I could actually, I, he actually wrote a book about it. Um, and you can do a similar thing with words in, in really complicated studies. The thing is, he didn't even necessarily think that the, the folks who were doing the studies were trying to fool anyone or even necessarily the newspapers and the reporters were, but it was that the studies were complicated enough and the reporters were looking for the quick Juicy headline, ah. that's all they cared about. So as soon as they found anything that sounded maybe like something, they ran with that and didn't bother to look at the rest of it or care about the rest of it because that's, that's all they were trying to do was just have something to put on the page that got clicks or eyeballs or whatever yep. it was. Um, who knows the level of malicious intent? I, I certainly couldn't say. He couldn't say either. But the point is, whatever the level, it's the same problem, right? Whether it's very malicious or not malicious at all, whether, or incompetence or maliciousness in this case is the same issue, right? right. You're still getting completely inaccurate reporting about stuff, and that can be problematic. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I guess best practice is to find your own I mean, source material. It sort of sucks, though, because yeah. who has all that time to well, do that Well, here's something time. that I have done as a best practice in one platform, which is Reddit, where often there's, like, as a news item, it's a pretty eye-popping headline. And if you just scroll past that, you kind of, like, implicitly sort of believe it. Mm-hmm. But I found that if the headline seems like a little bit too good to be true or a little bit too far one way or the other, I click on it. And the first comment that's the comment, most yeah. upvoted is usually, actually, this is... This is bullshit because of this. So, like, yeah, somebody yeah, else yeah. has done the work for you. That is, that so is that's, fair. That's that pretty is, nice. That happens a lot. I do yeah. that a lot, too, for sure. Um, yeah, for me, a lot of it is just stuff that seems a little too wild or doesn't seem to pass the smell test for me immediately. Stuff that seems like, really? Whoa. I've now known that, I now know that that's not, like, I can't just say really whoa and move on. I have to say really whoa and actually click something and read the thing and see where it's sourced from and see if, I, see if that actually seems believable to me. Yeah. Um, which is fine. You know, whatever. The world. And that's how you deal with the We did internet. it, guys. We fixed misinformation. <laughs> Nobody's going to be misinformed ever again. <laughs> You're now welcome. That, yeah. Uh, everyone. Yeah. The political spectrum in America is going to coalesce into one. Mm-hmm. We will sing Kumbaya. We will do Hands Across America. Republican, Democrat, gay, straight, everybody. <laughs> We've opened a new world. We're going to call ourselves what? Utopiando. The Utopiando Party. Yeah. Which is good. That's a yeah. good name. It's an excellent name. It's yeah. catchy, which is important. Part, it fits on a t-shirt. If you want to join the Utopiando party, part of it is you have to pledge undying fealty to me and Jonathan. You have to wear like a white smock type thing like the polyphonic spree. Oh, and you have to attend one of our motivational seminars, which we do charge they upward are of $2,500 <laughs> yeah. $2, for seed. Yeah. We did it. We came full circle. If you're that. actually in the polyphonic spree, then you can prove it. We charge a little bit less. A little bit. Yeah. Polyphonic spree? Is that yeah. what you said? Yeah. You don't know what the polyphonic no, spree obviously is? Obviously, I know what it was. I was just clarifying to make sure that's what you said and didn't say something else. What did you think I said? I thought you said the polyphonic cree, in which I was like, that's not a thing. So I wanted to make sure you said spree. Yeah, spree. Because I didn't want people to get confused and think they were going to get a, a cheaper ticket than they were. Can you, do you know a second polyphonic spree song or just that one? 
<laughs> uh, just that one. Yeah. <laughs> Do you even know the one? I don't even know that there. It's a real thing that you're. It could be a, a test right now, you know. And the polyphonic spree is something completely different. Polyphonic spree. It's a. It's a band. It's still a band. Well, I don't know if it still is, but it was. It oh, was. so you're not sure. But if they are, so wait. Are the band members allowed to get a cheaper ticket if the band is no longer together? I if, say no. If if you can distinctly hear their voice in any capacity mm. on any produced polyphonic spree soundtrack. Why did you pick such a such an obscure band? Because of the cult robes. They wear cult robes. Do they? Yeah. So I don't know if you're joking or not about any of this. At least in the times that I've seen them, which one has been on Scrubs. And one is oh. some, something else. That's more believable. If you're yeah. lying, you're doing a great job now. That level of detail really <laughs> works for me, I got to yeah. tell you. At, at least a couple of the members, and I think all of them, wear like, you know, white, flowy robes. What, uh, what's their big song? Uh, I don't know what it's called, but it's like very melodic and like uplifting. Is um, it a lot, of, a lot of words? A lot of singing? There is singing, okay, but there's but it's like there's like 100 people in the band, and they all like Oh, God, that sounds sing exhausting. At the same time, and... Okay. You I, know, I mean, I can fine. show you. Oh, the, their robes are colorful now. I don't care. Here's, here's a picture. Really I'm going to show Jonathan a picture. Does that look like a cult to you or not? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Like a 70s cult, actually, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. very much a cult. Well, most cults are 70s cults. You know, the cult, cults were a uh, product of an era more than anything else. They're still existing, but the, there was a huge amount of cults in the 60s and 70s. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean... We're really off the beat We don't need to get there. into that. <laughs> we can get into that on a different podcast. <laughs> wow, are we... Really went somewhere, as we do, as we do. As I like to say in these spots, welcome new listeners. You've really, if you made it this far, you're, you're going to be okay, because we actually do a whole poker analysis thing, too, I swear. The good news is you can always look in the description if you don't want to hear the preamble stuff and find out when the poker analysis begins. Right. But the bad news is, if you're a new listener, you might not have known that, and so you had to listen to all this. But then maybe you were delighted by it or confused. Probably mostly confused. It seems like it would be confusing. I think I would be like, what the fuck is going on? This is a poker podcast? This is They must have uploaded the wrong show or something. Spotify screwed up or something. That's what I would think. Yeah. That makes sense. But it's not. It's, although I started the thing talking about Tom Dwan, so it's, ah. it's got to be confusing. Well, now, now we're here, the poker analysis part. Hey, and welcome. Yeah, let's get to the to, poker to analysis. You. Tom Dwan. Tom Dwan, Rui Cow. Those are the main supervillains of the hand. Here's what I'm going to say about Tom Dwan. Still alive. I mean, Still at the time of it. the recording of the video that we yeah. watched, we don't know for sure about this exact moment. I mean... It's pretty likely he's still alive he, even now. He has a high likelihood of being alive. Very, very, very likely. Yeah. Um, still alive, not killed by the tr any triad groups that we're aware of. That was, was probably, good. you know, fake that was a news. Rumor. Probably fake news. Hard to say, but it was a fun little rumor. It I'll was fun. It was, rumor it was spicy. It was getting a little spicy. Yeah, and, it's, uh, and his opponent is... Um, I just said Rui Cow. I was the fucking getting attention. to it. His opponent, Rui Cow, who we've seen before. Yeah, he's a... Uh, He's a wealthy guy, right? He's one of the wealthy guys, yes. we think. Yeah. By the way, this, is, uh, this reminds me, because these guys, Rui plays in, uh, on all the Triton stuff. Yeah. Obviously, Tom does, too. Tom plays other things as well. Um, they just shut down the, the latest tri Triton poker Yeah, because uh, one of the founders deal. died unexpectedly. Yeah, Ivan right? Ledlow died yeah. at age 41. Heart so. attack, yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. It is too bad. Yeah. It is. Yeah, so they, yeah, they shut it all down for that. So that's like I mean, I, I hope someone who was like, you know... Taking their shot, didn't fly out there and spend all this money in hotels and stuff, and only get to play like one or two tournaments. But yeah, you know, the way I guess that's just the way of the world. You can't really plan for that. Um, yeah, this hand was suggested by 
tight squeeze. Whoa, tight I love squeeze. it. On Discord, Discord's a great place to suggest. There's a link in the description of this podcast that you can use to join our Discord. You can also suggest on Twitter. We're the Poker Guys on Twitter. Danny Sprung did the solver analysis on this hand. We have not seen that analysis. We will take a break after we do our analysis, come back and talk about what the solver said. You can also see Danny's analysis on Discord. This format we got is amazing. It's unbelievable. It's really good. We fuck around for a while, do a little bonding, personality, joke stuff. Then we get to the hand. We do a deep, deep dive into the hand. Then we find out what the solver thinks before we've seen it, and then we comment on the solver as we learn about it. I mean, that's outrageous. <laughs> we've we've been really doing impressed. that for a while now. I'm really <laughs> impressed with this, this okay. format we got. I'm glad you're impressed with yourself. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we're playing, as Jonathan mentioned in the opening, 1K, 2K. So the stakes... They do not apply to your life, gentle listener, most right. likely. You're not playing a 1K, 2K game. Uh, they're, they're, I mean, what, how many listeners have, a sh- will play, have or will play in a game where the blinds are this high in a cash game in, in their entire lives of our listeners, of people who are listening to this podcast, right? I'm going to go with, like, what's the expected amount? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with zero currently have. Okay. Ooh. No, Jason ah, Kuhn listens. Jason yes. Kuhn sometimes listens. Does, sometimes. He, does he count as a listener if he doesn't listen to this particular podcast? I'm saying people who listen to this exact episode, not, well, not who've ever listened to an episode. There's like a 20% chance Jason Kuhn listens to this episode. I so. don't know if it's that high. So let's say 10%. Okay. So then, so then we're at 0.1 already. <laughs> we've already locked in 0.1. Okay, let's make it more interesting. Anyone who's ever listened to at least one episode of the Poker Guys podcast ever, what, how many of them have, have or will play in a 1K, 2K? Three. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take the over because I'm guaranteeing Jason Kuhn. Did oh yeah, Jason Kuhn's for sure. Has Berkey ever played in one K two K? I don't think he's ever. Has Negreanu? I don't think so, but I don't know. I don't think so. It's possible. It's probably more than three. Some of these other guys have probably listened when they've, yeah, exactly. been, when they've been featured. Also, you know, we, we do capture the guys on the way up. I think a yeah. lot of the time, like, remember uh, when we did the chip race and uh, David Lappin was asking us, so, you know, like, is it, the, is it an insult or the ultimate compliment that all these pros listen to you on their way up, but then stop listening to you <laughs> once they get really good? And, yeah. and you were like, no, that's an insult. That's definitely not a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I imagine a few of those guys like break through and like, you know, end up somewhere else, but did end up, you know, when yeah. they're, they're like doing all the poker stuff and they end up, you know, I would say, I would I'm, say it's probably the number is probably something like eight already would be my guess because of how many of these types of fans we've done. And yeah. the, the likely well, Fu has listened to us. We know yeah. that. Yeah. At least some of these guys who play these hands want to listen to what other people have yeah, to say about yeah, their yeah. hand. So, of course. Yeah. And we do analysis that at least at times is respected even by top players. We know that. Okay, Sometimes. here's a different question. Hit me. How many people who have listened to at least 50 of the podcast openings, oh. the pre-hand stuff, <laughs> what, what's the expected amount of those people that will ever play 1K, 2K or higher? Wait, they've listened to the podcast openings. Like the pre-hand, not the openings, but the yeah, pre yeah, no, the, the, the whole, like, the, this, yeah. this, what yeah. we're doing right now, yeah. all this stuff, the first 20 minutes. Yeah, basically. at least 50 of them. Oh, God. It's a lot less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with two. I'll go with two. Ever, in, like, including future, yeah. I'll say two. Okay. That seems reasonable. Yeah. Because somebody. There's going to be someone who somebody. does this. I believe in you guys. You believe in two of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a but, lot. but, you know... As the hero of your own story, he could be talking about you, person who is listening right now. I mean, I am talking about you, person who is listening right now that ends up playing in a 2K, yeah. 1K, 2K game at yeah. some point. I'm talking about you. And everybody can tell themselves they are you. And 
you, who I'm talking to, it actually is you. Of course. So it's you, listener. Congratulations, you. All right. Let's get back to this hand, though, because this is 1K, 2K for Christ. All right. Let's start <laughs> off with some wackiness. Okay. Now, we can open a little wider in cash games when we're deep, but this is not that deep of a cash game. No, uh, it's not. The deepest stack in this hand is going to be Rui Kao with 285K at the 1K, 2K blind levels. And, and we're used to doing cash games, especially at high stakes, where they're super deep. Yeah. You know? I guess, I guess it's too high of stakes, so it, they can't be that deep. It feels like they decided to double the stakes at some point. Like, yeah. there was a straddle. Like, you know, let's just go one. T- like, they, maybe they started at 501 or something, and they decided to double it. Yeah. Because why would Tom, Tom Dwan has less than 100 blinds? I can't imagine him playing in this game with less than 100 blinds by choice, you know? Yeah. It would seem like he'd be able to quickly text his backer and be like, hey, yeah. all these fucking guys are in this game, and, and the stakes went up, and, you know, I want to cover the table. Please, please, please. And the, the backer should be like, yes, please, Tom Dwan. But you know? maybe it takes a while to yeah. pull that off. With that amount of money, maybe yeah. it's different. Yeah. But it know. seems like it's probably a good game for Tom Dwan to be in. I'm sure it is. Why can Young, who is going to be the garbage human in the hand, but is going to open under the gun to 5K, so 2.5X. We've seen this in the higher stakes games a lot, the 2.5X in mm-hmm. cash games. Uh, he's going to open with 7-4 of hearts under the gun. So that's a little loosey-goosey. It is. Eating a sandwich. How many people are at this table? Is it like a full ring? Or is it's, it like six? I can't tell you for sure. Okay. Whatever. Um, it doesn't matter. Even if it's six under the gun, that's too loose. Clearly. If it's six, it's much better, obviously. Obviously, but, but it's still bad. Yeah. I mean, it, it ba- when I say bad, I just mean it's a money-losing play, especially when you have guys like Tom Dwan. And table. you're not deep. Like, if, right. if we were 500 blinds deep, it's a little better. 500 blinds might be too deep, actually. Because you're but, the reverse implied yeah, odds yeah. of hitting a flush. Like, like, 200 blinds is probably a good amount. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I, this has this, this got to be losing money. I would, I would think so. Okay, whatever. So what? It's, it's fine. Tom Dwan is in the small blind. Uh, everybody folds to him. He's got 196K. So under 100 blinds. Yeah. That's whack, yo. So whack. He's got jack of hearts, jack of spades. He's going to three bet to 13K. Sizings are very small for a cash game here. Do you think it's just because it's, we're basically 100 blinds effective I do. at the table? I think that's what it is, exactly. It's 13K over 5K from the small blind when under the gun opens. This is incredibly small. Two and a half to six and a half. That... Uh that it feels really small. Out of position. I would yeah. have, like, my guess on the sizing, if, if they were deeper, I guess, would be like 17.5K minimum. Uh, yeah, even 20. Yeah. feels like very normal there. Like, you 4X it because you're out of position. Yep. Don't, don't invite everyone else in. I mean, not that you're really inviting in when you make a 13K. You're not, of course. But, like, 20K is a different number, right? It feels like 13K doesn't have any fold equity against Wykin Young. I mean, against 7-4 of hearts, maybe it does. Maybe it does. Or maybe he's happy to just isolate even out of position against these guys, you know? That seems like it must be the plan. Like, yeah. the purpose of this three-bet is purely to isolate. Yeah, he's like, I'll take this hand against whatever the fuck you have. You open a million hands. Yeah. It's fine. I don't expect you to fold whatever I make it, or I, and I want value, so I'm going to make it an, an amount you're obviously going to call. It all makes sense. You know, yeah. I'm going to play better than you post-flop. I'm Tom Dwan. Right. And my hand is crushing your range, so yeah. that sounds like a nice spot. I wonder if Tom is just going with this hand. He has less than 100 blinds. This guy opens 7-4 off. You kind of have to. I think you do. I mean, against if some players you don't, but, no. but you probably do. Against, against the guy, guy who opened 7-4 suited, yeah. not off. I mean, some guys open 7-4 suited, but never 4-bet light, you know. But probably in this game, the 1K, 2K game, yeah. probably he's also 4-betting light. Enough, would, right? I would guess. Or overvalued. Also, Tom may be the, uh, you know, 3-betting enough that like, people are going to feel like they have to play 100 blinds deep, effective, you know, 10s and even 9s yeah. and ace-queen, you know, very aggressively. So... You just have to go with jacks, I think. Well, it's interesting that you bring up those hands because Rui Kao has nines in the big blind. Okay. So uh, there's a lot of player types 
of the under the gun and the small blind player type that you could just fold this hand. Right. Because it's the under the gun getting three bet by the small blind. You have to hit a set to feel good. Right. Mm-hmm. But we, maybe we could do something else because it's these guys. Like, if we know anything about Wyken Young, we know we open seven four of hearts and it's Tom fucking Dwan. So, like, how do you approach nines here? Okay. Well, one thing we need to be aware of is Tom has less than 100 blinds. Yeah. Let's even ask ourselves the question, can we profitably set mine before we even get into any other options? Let's just think about that. Is it even reasonable to call here if we think we're really trying to hit a nine? I don't know that it is. So we have to call Tom, Tom 11. Tom puts in six and a half to tr- in, um, right now, right? So we, we have, have to call 11K. 11, and we could win as much as... Oh, no, we can, we can profitably yeah. call here. Okay, good. So set mining is totally fine. Yeah. Great start. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. It yeah, sucks okay. if Wyken Young four bets if we flat. Right. It sucks if we put in a four bet and we get five bet by either player. Also, that's yeah. even more money we're losing, right? Yeah. Um, both of those options suck. I mostly want to play this hand aggressively in these spots, I think. I understand the notion of calling. I feel like if we're deeper, I'm more interested in calling. I agree with that. Um, being a little less deep like this, even though we can profitably set mine, I mostly just want to put in the four bet. What do you want to do? Against these guys. I mean, against these guys, I think I want to put in the four bet. Right. Against, against the, the type player I want to call. Against the general population, I... Yeah, I want to... Well, unless the under-the-gun player is really tight, then I kind of oh, want to fold. If the under-the-gun player is tight, it means they've got a very tough range there, and they're going to have a lot more four bets than yeah, normal. Yeah, I'm just going to fold. We just throw our hand away, yeah. for sure. But assuming that most of that guy is going to call or fold, if we call, we assume that guy's mostly calling, and is all, like essentially just going to four bet ace-king, kings, and aces, and maybe not even ace-king every time? Probably, but who knows? Eh, probably not. Pro- probably ace-king every time, too. But that's probably enough that we can call. But yeah, I think I just want to put in the four bet against these, these guys who are going to be wider. Yeah, it really comes under the question of if you want to set mine against Tom Dwan or if you want to take the reins and like, assume his range is pretty wide here. Because with the way this is set up for Rui Kao, you could four bet pretty small. And it's going to be effective against the weaker parts of Dwan's range. And you're going to be in position against Dwan. And you're going to have probably a hand that is beating his range by a thin margin if he calls a small four bet. Mm-hmm. And that's okay in position. And you get to, to get rid of Wyken Young's random hand, which he apparently has many of. When you say four bet pretty small, what are you thinking? Tom Dron made it 13 from the like small Like 30-ish. Block. That is very small. Yeah. That's essentially a clickback. Yeah, yeah, 30-ish. So you're really not essentially a clickback if you think about what a clickback would be. I mean, be. a clickback would make it 24. This makes it 30, right? Yeah. Like, Tom Dron is obligated to call this amount, right? Just yep. like it would be a clickback because it's so tiny. That's why it's essentially a clickback. It's not because of the actual number. Yeah, it would be mostly to isolate Tom right. and, and have position on him and not have to deal with Wake and Young's. So, so you don't want to have any fold equity at all with two nines? I think you've got a little. Like when, when we're this shallow, do you think Dwan is really going to call with ace-four suited? Yes. You do? For 17? There's, there's 48,000, 50, there's, is there an ante? $48,000 in there? It's cost 17, and he's Tom Dwan. Yes, I think he's calling Ace X suited. He's going to have SBR problems with Jonathan, Jonathan Levy. I doesn't know like that. he is, but I think he's calling. Do you, have, don't you remember Tom Dwan? All the times he would call big three bets with ridiculous hands. Yeah, Ace 4 suited isn't even that he's ridiculous. He's changed a little bit, and also he was deeper. When you make it 17K, you, you kind of force him to call. You make it 30K. Right. When you make it 17K more, you so kind of force wanna, him to call. So what do you want to make it? Um, I want to go at least 40. So we're just bluffing. No, we can get called. If Tom has, like, we can get called by hands we're beating. I think he's going to just jam a lot of the hands we're beating. You think he's going to jam ace-queen? Oh, ace, he's going to jam ace-king. Yeah. Ace-queen, um, ace-jack suited, probably going to call. Maybe. 
Maybe Ace-Jack suit even finds a fold. Ace-Queen is not folding, I don't think. I don't think so either. Um, eights? What are eights going to do if we make it 40? It's a weird spot. You might just have to throw it away, huh? I mean, if, if he's going to react similarly to 30 and 40, except jamming some more hands against yeah. 40, I'd rather make it 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what hands is he going to jam against 40 that he's not going to jam against 30? Some ace-kings he won't jam against 30, perhaps. I think that's insane. I think if he's jamming against 40, he's jamming against 30. I mean, he's less He wants like, to see all five cards. Yeah, he probably is, but he's just at it's least... It's not his money. It's, it's a, <laughs> he's at least slightly less likely to. Because it's a scary size race. Yeah. I mean, maybe the first time you do it at this size. After you've seen you do it twice, it's no longer anything, right? Yeah. It's just, the way, it's just your format sizing now. I mean, if he's going to call ace queen either way, it's pretty good to make it 30 instead of 40. I mean, you win a lot more of the time on the flop, and he misses most of the he fl- misses the flop two thirds of the time. I mean, yeah. I'd say you probably win more money the other way. You are more of a favorite, like you you got more equity than he does. Making yeah. more money is good, maybe. And you're in position. I don't know. It's just a spot that sucks. With it nines. sucks no matter what, right? Like if we have tens, I think we just have to four bet it, like almost always. Yeah. Um, of course, this is not advice for your. One two or two five or even five ten game most of the time. If you like, I mean, it, it all depends on the players, right? But for, in most cases, is what I'm saying. It's like it's not often you'll find a configuration at a full ring table where the under the gun player opens mm-hmm. small blind three bets. You're the big blind with nines or with tens, and you're like auto four bet. Oh right, not you know? as an auto four bet. I yeah. Agree. Um, but as soon as you're at the person who's the light three better three bets, you have to really consider four betting with the hand. But the tens. under the gun player matters a lot too. They are of the course gun. it matters. But if the light three better is n- is not an idiot and they decided to three-bet that person, it means that there's probably some room there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That can work really well. You, don't, you almost don't have to know as much about the under-the-gun player if, if you trust the uh, three-better. Anyway, Rui Cow is going to flat. Okay. Seems like it's, a fine decision. It's perfectly fine. It's safer. It's cheaper. We don't have to put a lot of money in post-flop. It's fine. Just hope to hit a nine. That'd be great. It's better than folding. That's for fucking sure. Yep. Against these players, for sure. Yeah. Way is now forced to call with 7-4 of hearts. Yes, he is. And, you know, he's not doing too well against these hands. <laughs> they, uh, I mean, he's not really trying to make one pair anyway at this point. No, when there's two callers, he's not, when there's two players besides him, he knows he's got to do better than one pair. Unfortunately for Way, they both have a heart, so it's going to be even harder to make. Well, you know, it means if he makes his flesh, they're, they're going to be less prone to believe him. That's great. Get That's, more value. It's actually better. All right, so Way's going to make the call. Okay. The pot is 41K. Yes. Preflop, man. So much to talk about. Just like talking about nitro betting just makes the juices flow. I mean, I, you and I, we had like a three and a half hour conversation about nitro betting yesterday. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, I just called you at like nine o'clock I from my, using my corded phone <laughs> in my kitchen <laughs> just to talk about nitro betting. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And then I looked up, it was 1230 at night. Yeah, I was, I was like, like, oh my God, I can't believe I just talked about Nitro Betting for just, so long. The, the time just melted away, man. Because we were talking about all of the great promotions that they I offer. Mean, the poker, the casino games, the sports betting. And as you're mentioning, all the crazy promotions, when you sign up using the link provided in the description of this podcast. Yeah, you got to use that link or you don't get the cool promotions. That was actually the dark part of the call from last night was when we were talking about, oh, you know, those people who don't use the link. Uh, I feel so bad. They're like starving in the desert and you have water that you can give to them and they're just looking the other way and they're not taking it. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. How I, many times have I you cry said? for them and yet I hate them. <laughs> 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 oh, good times. Yeah. I, I, I hope Nitro hears that exact part of the ad that they listen to this yeah. and like because they're checking to make sure we're still doing the ads or whatever. And they, uh, they hear that and they like, they're not make, checking. Make that <laughs> 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 and they make that part of like a new ad campaign, you know? Yeah. Something because that's a good, that, 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 
I want in on that fucking campaign. Well, they haven't done a, a, a video that they made your face into a train for like five it's years. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. That's how long they've been our sponsor, by the way, Nitro. And, uh, you know, they're still our sponsor and they're, they're good. They pay out. You know, they don't they fuck do. around. Every time. Another great reason to get on Nitro betting. Do your sports betting. Do your casino games. Get your special Poker Guys promotions. It's fun. It is. Uh, it's of course, there's fun. poker, too, including the Poker Guys yeah. monthly tournament. They got it all. They got that. They got the sports betting. You know, NFL, baby. Let's go. They have the good face, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like in baseball. Yeah, that's what I figured you were talking about. Yeah. 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 He's got, you know, confidence problem. Yeah. Why do you say that? Ugly girlfriend. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah. It's genius they really, They really meant that. They really used to say things like that. Anyway. Some of them still do. Some I'm people sure. have no idea what we're talking about. You realize that we sort of did a little leap there. Yeah. That was like okay. a Moneyball thing. It's a Moneyball thing. Anyway. Go see, the movie is great. You just watch the movie. Yeah, watch Moneyball. The book's good, too. But if, Even great. if you don't like sports at all, Moneyball's, Moneyball's a good movie. It's fabulous. It's kind of like Fight Club. It's not. It's, it's got Brad Pitt in it, so that's yeah, one way that's it's similar. pretty similar. But it's like you might be confused about what the movie's about. Because it is about baseball a little bit, and in Fight Club there is fighting a little bit, but that's really not what the movie's about. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, and also Brad Pitt... Is an imaginary person in both. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Okay, in Moneyball he is, and in the other movie he isn't. <laughs> <laughs> He's never imaginary. Don't no spoilers on the 1998 yeah, movie, please. I realized that as I said it. I'm like, oh, that's sort of. I mean, it's really it's old. Been 24 years. I think it's okay. Also, Bruce Willis dead the whole time. I mean, what the hell? In Die Hard. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. He's a ghost. So Hans, Hans Gruber is such a bad, bad guy that he just falls out the window and dies. Oh, he gets pushed out by oh, the ghost. Oh, but it's an actual ghost with physical capabilities. Obviously, he's shooting things with machine guns. Nitro betting. <laughs> Do it forever. All right. That's a wrap. Yeah. Back to the hand. All right. So we've got three players, Dwan, Rui Kao, and Wei Kin Young. Okay. Wei Kin Young's not going to matter. Dwan has jacks, and Rui Kao has nines. Cool. The pot is 41K. The flop is King of Clubs, King of Spades, Eight of Hearts. A pretty comfortable flop for Duan. Wei Young is the biggest concern for Duan. He has more kings for sure than Rui Kao. Um, yeah, I mean, Rui Kao probably has king-queen suited exactly, right? Yeah. And there's only two combos of that. Maybe sometimes has king-jack suited exactly, but probably not. He probably folds that. Probably mostly. not. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. It's definitely got to be uh, Wei Young is the, is the guy to be concerned about here. If you're Duan, this is pretty obvious if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or if you've been playing poker for a while, but if you're putting Rui on a more traditional range that would yeah. play this way preflop, he's got a lot of nines, tens, jacks, and he's got a lot of ace, queen. And guess who's blocking jacks? So yeah. he's got a lot of nines and tens yeah. and some ace, queen. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't, it, we're happy to charge ace, queen. Yep. Um, and we're happy to get called by nines and tens. And we just hope that Wei doesn't have any, any king in his range, in his hand. Right. I mean, yeah. we're going to find out pretty quickly. Well, we won't know for sure, of course, but we, we can learn a lot with a bet, right? Yeah, I mean, it is a rainbow board, too, so we're oh, not going nice. to get confused if Wei flats and think, like, maybe he has a flush draw when, right. he, when he really has a king. I mean, he can have pocket pairs worse than ours, of course. Yeah, which, which is eights full is the scary one. Yep. Uh, yeah. But he can have pockets, pocket I, pairs. And I mean, if Wei has a king or he's got a pocket pair like, like nines or tens and we bet, and he's going to probably call most of the time and not raise, right? So, right. So, like, we're not really going to know where we are in the turn if we get called. But, you know, we're Tom Dwan. We get to figure it out. We're good. I, I think it's a mandatory bet for Dwan. I agree. Yeah. Two, two ways, especially. Like, we don't want to just check. We could lose control of this pot that we've built so nicely with a hand that is likely best. Yeah. So he bets 14K. Nice. Really cheap. Into 41. Yeah. It sucks to have way behind you as Rui, but oh can, my God, can you, so can you fold? I don't know. Maybe, it's, uh, maybe if Tom bet a little bit more, we could fold. At 14K, 
Feels like we probably can't just throw our hand away, if right? If we know anything about Wei, also, if we've played with him yeah. a lot, which maybe they have, I'm not sure. I assume they have. Uh, then we would know that his range is expansive and does not necessarily have too many overcalls in, in there. It just sucks so much to put in 14K right now and get called behind because your nines are like zero good. Yeah. Like, it's kind of impossible. He's never calling with sevens behind us. Well, at least right? we know or we're never eights. putting any more money in. That's unless, true. Unless a nine comes. That's true. I think it's a mandatory call. I do, too, at, the, at this price. If Tom makes a 22 with the guy behind us, it's a much tougher spot. I it think. is. But it, he made it 14. We have to call. Right. We call. The concern, of course, is Dwan having ace-king. That's the biggest concern. Huge concern. Um, I think Dwan can also have just king-queen off, Yeah, quite frankly. That's, yeah. that's a popular three-betting hand from this spot. Of course, we have the same outs against Dwan's hand as those hands. Those are just the boogeyman hands. But Dwan, certainly, we, you know, our analysis just said Jax makes a lot of sense to bet. It makes a lot of sense to bet queens or aces, too, for the same reasons. Sure. So sure. there's a lot that we're losing, too, but it is Tom frickin' Dwan. I mean, the difference with aces, of course, you don't have anything to protect against the way you do it with Jax, yeah, right? Yeah, that's true. That's a big difference. That's true. I guess you could check aces sometimes. Yeah. And queens, you've got less to protect, too. Yeah. Um, I think you're mostly betting queens. I do, too. But um, aces, if you're going to check something that's strong, it's mostly aces, I think. Yeah. And maybe king-king. Exactly. Yeah, king-king seems like you could check that. I think we should check it. We should bet our ace-kings, though, in case yeah. someone has king-queen out there. Like, yeah. Right. And we think Rui has to call with nine, so, you know, there's yeah. a lot of value to be had. When we bet 14K, yeah, we really do. So Rui calls and way folds. Yep. Pot okay. 69K. Okay. The turn is the six of hearts. So it's king, king, eight, six. There are now two hearts on the board. Not usually a factor. Seems unlikely that we would call with ace, queen of hearts. When it does. It, with, with way behind. It seems impossible. Yeah. On a paired board, impossible. Right. Duan now checks. What do you think about that? I like it. Um, the one thing we're giving is we're giving ace, queen a free shot at the river. Yeah. Which sort of sucks. But... The hands that called once, i.e. tens and nines, that we want to stick around, probably aren't calling if we fire a second time. Because now, also, we're sort of over-repping our hand. If we bet again, we're kind of repping ace-king exactly, right? Yeah. Or better. Um, I believe Rui absolutely can have pocket eights here and would just call the flop a lot. Sure. Especially with why King Young behind him, who could have a, a king also, where he yeah. doesn't want to blow, blow king-queen out of the water right now. Let him stick around. Let him make some mistakes, you know? Like... We got position on Dwan anyway. So I like this as a pot controlling bet. I, was, I think it works on a lot of levels also. Like, I don't know that tens can call again. Um, and I don't want to bet and get raised. It, it just seems like we're almost be game theory disastering ourselves a bit, except that we could fold that ace queen with another bet. But yeah. that, that probably has to fold on the flop anyway. Yeah, it's it probably can't not, call. It's probably not there. So actually, it's like tens and worse. And like, I, I don't see, I think this is a great check. You agree? I think so. What, what are you hoping to... Let's, let's, what, what good things would come from a bet in your mind? Because I'm, I'm not seeing it, but I'm open to it. It really depends on if Rui is going to be kind of yeah. a station. That's fair. If he's right. super if, sticky. If we actually can get called by nines and tens, if we don't necessarily right. size up too much on the turn, if we bet like 30 into 69, right. can we get called by nines and tens there? We shouldn't be able to. Because like, that means Duan has sevens. That, that's like what we're beating if we have nines. I mean, Duan could have ace-queen of hearts. Okay. Ace-queen of hearts, Exactly. But yeah. that's only one combo. Yeah, maybe, I guess you could have ace-jack of hearts. Maybe ace-jack, maybe ace-ten. Yeah, maybe ace-ten of hearts. Maybe ace-x of hearts. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But Duan probably can... You can can't you just balance that with all your kings, all your ace-kings and your pocket eights? Like, isn't that going to be more than enough to 
balance. I don't even know if you're always taking a stab with the ace X of hearts on the flop either on a king king eight board three ways. Maybe you are because you got ace king and they don't. If you have ace queen, you have the or ace jack or ace ten, you have the two back doors and yeah, you know. And you know what? They really don't have almost any ace king, and you really do. Yeah. So I guess you do have to fire it. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So I don't know. I think it's possible you can get called. So I'm not sure. Okay. If, like the the only reason that I didn't jump on and agree with you is because of how enthusiastic you were about the check. I was. I don't think it's like an incredibly good decision and the only decision you could make. I think it really comes down to your table image. So, like, what does Rui think about Tom or what does Tom imagine Rui thinks about Tom, right? If Tom is seen as the guy who's going to just be super bluffy and keep firing away when he doesn't have it, he should probably bet again. He could actually control the pot and get value all at the same time if that's his image. If his image is more normal and tighter in the, you know, post-flop and he's not going to necessarily be double or triple barreling that often, then he should probably check because it's harder to get And the plan is to check call and then check figure it out? Um, yeah, unless the sizing is weird like on the 75K turn. Like 75K or something. Yeah, maybe we, we might decide to just throw it away right away. We're like, oh, God, it's pocket eights, yeah. right? Because we would expect nines and tens, for example, are probably going to check back mostly, right? I don't Not know. Not 100%. They could bet small to like force ace queen to fold, but they don't have to bet big. Right. A big bet feels like now it's targeting some of these stronger hands that are checking. Yeah. So all this to say, I do like the check, but I, I think a bet would have been okay depending on some other factors. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, Rui's going to check back, so he's not going to deny equity. He's just going to see if he can win a showdown, basically. Yep. I mean, we are beating ace-queen. We are beating those aces, yeah. right? And the aces that aren't the ace-x of hearts, specifically, was what we're beating. Right. Everything else we're kind of losing to right Yeah, the ace-x of hearts is probably betting, so yeah, yeah, not there anymore. But all the other suited aces and big aces, like ace-queen, mm-hmm. are probably just checking here anyway, because Tom has to have some give-ups. Those are probably the things he's giving up with a lot. Yep. River's the six of spades. Okay. So it's two sixes and two kings on the board. The sixes never really factor, right? Neither player often... I guess Dwan can have a six suited, maybe, right? Um, yeah, but he can have that. But Rui can't have any sixes, it doesn't seem. It doesn't seem possible. Yeah. Uh, so Dwan's going to check. Just That's interesting. Pure pot control. It seems like you could go for value now. I think you could very reasonably bet for value. Yeah. Specifically to get called by nines and tens. Yeah. Maybe even maybe Dwan's afraid that looks too strong. I don't know. Like I mean, we, with a, if you have ace queen, you're probably putting him on nines and tens also, and you're like, I have to take a stab to see if you can fold. I mean, do we think we're folding out nines and tens? I if don't we know. check the turn, I don't think we are. That's what you're repping if you bet jacks. <laughs> you're repping the guy with ace queen who's trying to fold out nines and tens. Uh, I guess we have to bet big then if we're going to do that. It gets weird, and then we might scare off nines and tens. Poker is anyway. weird like that. Yeah. So so Dwan checks to see if he can get the thing is. Rui should always have a showdownable hand here, right? It was King King Eight Rainbow yeah. on the flop, so it's usually going to go check check, and Duan's just going to win, like it should right now. Once so he should checks. try to eke out value no matter what it looks like. I think he should. Yeah. How much is in the pot? Sixty nine thousand. You, you could bet like twenty five k. Just try to yeah, eke out 20, a little. Twenty even. Yeah. Like it could almost look like a blocker bet with you know Ace Ace Queen. I mean, that that blocker bet with Ace sense. Queen. That makes no sense. Are you a poker guy or fucking idiot? I just say things. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't trust the internet. <laughs> Jonathan Lovey says stuff um, like that. If you bet 20K, what, what do we have, though, that, that nines can call? I think when it's just nines like, ever call. It's just math. Like, yeah. the nines are like, oh, it's so cheap. I'm getting such a good price. I don't want to get bluffed by Tom Dwan on TV. Yeah. You know? That's the only reason to call. But, and then tens is the same thing, right? It's just hard to imagine Rui having a bluff if we check. Like, how did he get here with a bluff? And if he has nines or tens, isn't he just going to knuckle the table and hope he wins? 
Yeah, I think I want to bet also, we can bet an amount that's smaller so that way if Rui actually has queens, which is not completely impossible, um, he's going to call rather than we're going to check and he's going to get to set the price and maybe he'll make it more. Yeah. So betting 25K also like caps us at a 25K loss, which is I, pretty good. I'm guessing Rui's queens are mostly four betting pre and with these players probably, at 100 blinds deep? Probably. Well, Rui's not 100 blinds deep with Wei King Yun. I mean, they're Yun. not that much more. It's 130. I yeah. mean, that's... That's 30% more, yeah. bro. But it, I would guess that Rui is okay getting queens in against Wei Ken Young for 130 blinds. Um, I don't know if he is or not, but he's probably forbetting it a lot. But he probably has at least a little bit of combos with queens there. Maybe. I think it's possible. Um, anyway, I think a bet makes sense because, like you said, like, I'm afraid it's just going to... Like, it feels like Rui's just always checking back. Yeah. Yeah. But Duan checks. Okay. And Rui does not check back. See, that's surprising. Why? Yeah, that's oh. a great question. He bets 27 into 69... It's and like he's trying to get called by ace-queen. Yeah, why is he doing this? this? This feels incorrect to me. The only thing I can think of is he's, trying to, he's betting here hoping ace-queen calls for the chop, that they both have ace-queen. But how does Rui have ace-queen? He doesn't. Yeah. It's like kind of impossible on the king-king-eight rainbow board for him to ever have ace-queen, ever. Yep. So but that's what it feels like he's doing. I don't know what else he's doing. He's trying to get called by sevens. Sevens or an eight? It doesn't feel like Duan has too many eights in his range. I guess Duan he could, could have ace eight. He could have ace eight. That, he might play ace eight just so like he's, this, he's specifically trying to get called by ace eight suited. Yep. It, and there are three combos of that. Yeah. But there's, you know, six combos of Jackson, six combos of tens, and six combos of queens. And he's not always three betting ace eight. He's a lot more likely to three bet those other hands. Yep. That's true. I don't know why Rui bets here. I got nothing. This feels like a bad bet. This feels like a. You can think for a little bit and think, is there anything I can squeeze value from? It's like ace eight. But look at all the, like, that may fold anyway, and the hands that are better than mine may all call. Like, I can't. Even, even if all the ace eights call, as long as all the hands better than mine call too, all the pocket pairs above mine, this is a terrible bet. Right? I can't, There's I mean, 18 combos of value better than mine that are pocket pairs. Maybe he really thinks he can get called by ace queen. I'm not even counting pocket aces, by the way. It, maybe. It seems weird to think that. Yeah. But, you know, maybe he... This is unfair to Rui, what I'm about to say. So maybe I should, but I'm going to say it anyway, because whatever, we're just talking here. Yeah. We're like stretching our legs, figuring this out. Like maybe he's not, like, Dewan's able to see all that in the moment. Maybe Rui's just not able to see that in the moment. Because that's some of that stuff is hard to do in the moment. Of like course. we struggle with the stuff, you know? It's, it's much harder to do in the moment than yeah. on a podcast. Like I think Dewan is right there with all this stuff that we're talking about, for sure. He's yeah. done this for so long. He's thought about all this stuff forever. He's used to be on the very bleeding edge of poker. I don't know if he still is, but he certainly used to be. Um, I don't know if that's fair to say about Rui. Even if Rui, I don't, I don't know how good Rui is. I don't either. I mean, I don't think he's a pro. I don't know if he is or not. But I don't think he's... So it's possible he isn't thinking about any of that stuff, like that Tom really can't ever... Sh- you know, Rui himself can't ever show up with a hand kind of worse than nines. Like, yeah. nines is maybe the bottom of his range here. Yeah. In fact, I think it is the absolute worst hand he can have. Yeah, because he doesn't really have any eights in his preflop range. Nope. And so Tom would be able to know that. And so when Rui bets... Tom can play kind of perfectly against especially the bottom of his range, right? Like Tom can call with hands that are being it, always fold everything worse so you can never get value. That's really problematic. This can't be a bluff. It's not enough. It can't no, be a bluff. I don't think it's a bluff. Okay. I don't think it's a bluff. I think it's, I think it's just probably a bit of a mistake. To, to Ruby's credit, we were thinking it was a bit odd for Dwan to check jacks. That is true. So there's fewer of those hands maybe in Rui's mind than actually are there. I wonder if Rui thinks he's free rolling this play. He's like, I mean, it's always, he always folds, but just in case, I'm always ahead, right? Like, yeah, that could be it. That like, could be maybe it. he makes a weird call with ace-queen once in a while. Like, I might as well try. It's possible. It's possible. I could see that. I could see, I could see even sitting in that seat and talking myself into that exact spot of, like, 
I just have to be ahead when he doesn't bet again. Yeah. Well, he's wrong. Yeah. Is Tom Dwan wrong to raise <laughs> to 78K? Oh, my god. The goodness. board is King King 866. Tom Dwan has two jacks. He raises over the 27K bet to 78K. I think this is for value. I think it is, too. I don't think this can be a bluff. What's he trying to bluff out? Queens, exactly? Yeah, that's pretty tough to get there combo-wise. There's no way Rui ever has a six in his hand, so you're either targeting queens or a king, which is top full house. That ain't folding. No. Son. So, (laughs) eight, eight. Oh, I guess you could be targeting pocket eights, exactly. That sounds absurd. Fold out eights full, yeah. That's an absurd thing to even be trying to fold out. Um, It may not work anyway. It probably doesn't work, but... um, Still, I don't think Tom's targeting that. I don't. So I think this is pure value. I think Tom sees what's going on and is like, you have a worse hand than, I'm, than me, bro. Right. So Tom sees what's happened here. He's like, okay, pre-flop. Rui has a lot of ace, queen, nines, tens, jacks. Yep. Cool. I have jacks, so he has a lot of nines and tens. And, and ace, queen. queen. And then he flop. called the flop, so he has a lot of nines and tens. No ace, queen. No ace, queen anymore. One combo of jacks. He checked back the turn, so he probably doesn't have king, queen suited just in case, you know? Right. He's probably going to bet that on the turn, try to, try to build a pot. And guess what? If, even if he checked it on the turn, on the river, he's probably going to bet more than 27K with top full house just to try and squeeze more value out of, like, if somehow Dwan has ace, six or something like that. By the right? way, king, queen suited, two combos. Yep. So, so, and also very unlikely combos based on how it's played. Yep. So I think Dwan sees... Everything. I think the Me C's too. parted for him here. He sees exactly what Rui's up to, and he's like, I got to try to get value. So, remember we were talking about Rui thinking maybe he's free-rolling the spot because yeah. just, he's just always ahead? feels like that's what Dwan is now doing. He's like, I mean, there's no downside to making this play. Like, yeah. I'm always ahead of this guy at this point when he bets 27 It's on one the of those in-the-zone raises. You yeah, know, I've, exactly. I've had a few moments in my poker life where sure. I'm like, I'm making this play that was going to look weird from the outside, but I really know what's going on. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. You yeah. sit there. I've done that, too. Yeah. It's really cool where you're like, okay, I don't have the nuts. I don't have the second nuts. That guy just called. That guy just raised. That guy just went all in. We're on the turn, and I know I'm ahead of everyone. Yeah. I can just feel it. I can tell. I know enough about these players. I got it all freaking, like, this is going to be amazing for me, you know? Yeah. And, you like, and you're able to, like, comfortably make whatever play is optimal there. I've, de- I've definitely been there, too. It feels great when you just feel like. Now, maybe we're just lucky, and those are the stories we tell us. You know, we happen to be right that time, but I understand what you mean. It feels like Dwan is right there. So I think it, once we get there, the question is how should we size it? Did, did he right. size it well at 78K over Okay, 27? we can't size it super small, right? Because That's a little scary. It looks way too strong. Yeah. We have to size it so that way nines and tens are going to hero call us. So it has to look like a bluff. This is a, probably a pretty good size where it's not like crazy big to scare off everything. Yeah. But it's not crazy small to say, like, I really have it. Maybe Dwan is even sitting there thinking, like, all right, all that Rui really has at this point for value is nines and tens. Yeah. Tens are the best possible hand Rui ever has, except the one combo of jacks. Maybe there's one combo of queens out there. Fine. Um, He's got a few 8-8s that are sad for Tom. He might play 8-8 like this. Although you'd expect him about the turn. Same as king. Usually going to bet the turn. Yeah. Usually. Um, And yeah. But then, yeah, he he might bet 27k on the river. That's true. 8-8 is is at least possible. Um, But if you're you're, Dwan, you basically sit there and think like, all right, mostly it's nines and tens. And maybe he's going to fold his nines and call with his tens. So yeah. it means half the time I get to make more money. Yep. Sounds great. Doesn't work out. Well, he's got nine, so he has to fold. Rui folds. <laughs> I, I really think Dwan nailed it there. Like, I think he could have just bet the river, but he makes about the same amount that he probably would have anyway. If that. Maybe yeah. Rui... I guess Rui has to call the river if, if Dwan bets, right? Probably. Depending on the size. Yeah. If Dwan bets 35 into 69 half pot... 
Maybe I mean, Dwan missed Dwan out on can a show up with the ace queen. Dwan can have ace queen. Maybe Dwan missed out on a little value there. Maybe a little yeah. by, by not betting himself. But he gave himself the opportunity to get big value in case it worked out. If Rui ever actually calls this check raise with the hands that yeah. he has. Now, if Rui sits back and does a distribution analysis and says, tens are literally the best hand I ever have here because I'm always for betting queens, if that's true. Yeah. Um, and I guess in my pocket eights and my king queen suited, of which there are three combos total. No, six combos total. Excuse me. Sorry, five combos total. There you go. Five. Yeah. Um, Almost all of them bet the turn because yeah. I'm trying to build a pot with monsters. Then tens are really good. Yeah. And I kind of can't just throw them away automatically. I got to call with some of my pocket tens some of the time. Unless we think Dwan is never bluffing, which is crazy. Well, Dwan, maybe, of course, maybe is some of the tens because in Rui's mind, he would also have jacks in that range probably. Yes. And I wonder if Rui thinks he can have queens at least some of the time too. Maybe. Because if he can... When you factor in pocket eights and the king-queen suited, maybe we don't have to call with tens. Yeah, maybe not. Well, he folds nines. Yeah, I think it's a like, really cool, like, in-the-zone raise by Tom Dwan. Yeah, and really at the bottom of his range for value here. This yeah. makes sense that yeah. he's got to fold this. All right, well, I don't think this is a solvery type thing. I think this is all very feel-player-y, but let's find out what the solver has to say. Okay. Can you solve... The beautiful mind that is Tom Dwan. That is what Danny Sprung attempted to do using Pio Solver. Back to the flop. Dwan is supposed to bet and bet small only. Cool. Seems, seems clear. Nailed it. Rui has a pure call. These solvers can't get through one solve without saying pure. They just can't do it. So for people who don't know, that means they should call 100% with this hand. Yeah, like not they, raise. There's no balancing of any kind. No it's raise, no fold. Call. Always call. Yeah. Uh, on the turn, where things get a little sloppier, Jack's... Bets 34% of the time. So mm. Dwan didn't bet, and the solver's fine with that. Jacks don't bet that much. Um, the equity range versus range is a 50-50 split, according to Danny, which means fewer bets for out of position, which yep. is a little spice that Danny put on that one. That's good. Makes sense. Yep. Nines with a heart, which Rui does have, bets 16% of the time. The rest of nines bet 0% of the time. So equity denial, no thank you, says Pio. I don't care about equity denial. I'm a robot. <laughs> I'm thinking about the, not just this hand, but the other millions of hands. All right. On the river, Dwan is supposed to bet, and he's supposed to bet for big sizing. So to be more polarized, basically, yeah. to, to sort of force the hero call. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder what would have happened had he done that. Well, do we actually get a sense of what big sizing is? No. Danny just says bigger sizing, but I imagine that means at least 60% of pot. Oh, yeah. Probably like 70 or 80% even. So if he could actually get called, that would have been more value. A lot more value, yeah. The solver would have beaten the Tom Dwan on this yeah, one. That's like 45 to 50K. Yeah. If he can get called by nines. Yeah. Are nines supposed to call? This we is what know. Danny says about nines. Okay, good. Um, nines with his exact suit is supposed... Uh, oh, not the call, but because Dawn yeah. checks. So nines with Rui's exact suit is supposed to be a pure bet. But overall, nines is only a 30% bet. Pio is hallucinating. JK, not sure what it's thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's betting to get called by what? Not sure. Uh, that, I mean, Danny doesn't know either. Yeah, that's, that's why he's saying he thinks. I'm I think we should take the overall number versus the exact suits number. Yeah, and just thirty percent of the time, that's that still seems high, but it, I guess it's raised by the exact suits betting one hundred percent of the time. Right. Yeah. Huh. That's very confusing. So we to just me. don't know what to make of it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's really. Hard. I mean, Duan. Ha- I guess it's targeting Ace Eight when it bets. I don't know what else yeah. it could be targeting. Seems like it. Um, Dwan's raise, not loved by Pio. Yeah. It's a $6,000 error, according to Pio. Yeah, it's like, come on. Are you really getting called by ours? And if you think about the strong hands that Rui has in his range, if he can ever have pocket eights, ever, if he can have king-queen suited and check that back, ever, plus a little bit of queens, plus also the same two jacks, the other two jacks that Tom doesn't have, 
nines and tens may always be a fold. Yeah. And so then Tom's getting no value, if that's true. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know what Rui's going to do, but we know Pio doesn't like it. Yeah, I understand uh, that. And maybe you can interpret the solver language for me to give me an exact percentage on this. Danny <laughs> okay. says, nines is actually supposed to call some of the time. <laughs> <laughs> we need more than that, man. <laughs> okay, that means less than half. Yeah, I would guess so. Probably like 20 to 30%. I don't know. Yeah. That's my interpretation. Some of the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's good I mean, for that, Dawn. That's true whether, you know, anything more than 0.1% is some of the time. Yeah, but right? he wouldn't have said that if it was 0.1%. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's 0.1% to 100 is some of the time. 99.9. I don't know. I think even 100 could be some. That's some can be all. All can be some. Can't it? I don't know. That's I'm not sure. Let's leave that to the solvers. <laughs> okay, let's leave it. Let's leave it to the historians. Let's sort it out. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it home.